0: Om and I welcome back. We are continuing with chapter 16, the two doorkeepers of Vaikuntha, Jaya and Vijaya, cursed by the sages. We are picking up with verse 13. Even though the sages had been bitten by the serpent of anger, their souls were not satiated with hearing the Lord's lovely and illuminating speech, which was like a series of Vedic hymns. The Lord's excellent speech was difficult to comprehend because of his momentous import and its most profound significance. The sages heard it with wide-open ears and pondered it as well, but although hearing they could not understand what he intended to do. The four Brahmana sages were nevertheless extremely delighted to behold him, and they experienced a thrill throughout their bodies. They then spoke as follows to the Lord, who had revealed the multi-glories of the Supreme Personality through his internal potency, Yogamaya. The sages said, O Supreme Personality of Godhead, we are unable to know what you intend for us to do, even though you are the supreme ruler of all. You speak in our favor as if we had done something good for you. You are the supreme director of the Brahminical culture. You are considering the Brahmanas to be the highest position is your example for teaching others. Actually, you are the supreme worshipable deity, not only for the gods but for all brahmanas also. You are the source of the eternal occupation of all living entities, and by your multi-manifestations of personalities of Godhead, you have always protected religion. You are the supreme objective of religious principles, and in our opinion, you are inexhaustible and unchangeable eternally. Mystics, transcendentalists, by the mercy of the Lord, cross beyond essence by ceasing all material desires. It is not possible, therefore, that the Supreme Lord can be favored by others. The goddess of fortune, Lakshmi, the dust of whose feet is worn on the head by others, waits upon you as appointed, for she is anxious to secure a place in the abode of the king of beeves, who hovers on the fresh wreath of thalassi leaves, offered at your feet by some blessed devotee. Lord, you are exceedingly attached to the activities of your pure devotees, yet you are never attached to the goddess of fortune, who constantly engages in your transcendental loving service. How? How can you be purified, therefore, by the dust of the path traversed by the brahmanas? And how can you be glorified or made fortunate by the marks of Sri Vatsa on your chest? Lord, you are the personification of all religion. Therefore, you manifest yourself in three millenniums, and thus you protect this universe, which consists of animate and inanimate beings, by your grace, which is of pure goodness and is the bestower of all blessings, kindly drive away the elements of Rajas and Tamas for the sake of the demigods and twice-born. You are the protector of the highest of the twice-born. If you do not protect them by offering worship and mild words, then certainly the auspicious path of worship will be rejected by people in general who act on the strength and authority of your lordship. You never want the auspicious path to be destroyed, for you are the reservoir of all goodness, just to benefit people in general you destroy the evil element by your mighty potency. You are the proprietor of the three creations and the maintainer of the entire universe. Therefore, your potency is not reduced by your submissive behavior. Rather, by submission, you exhibit your transcendental pastimes. Lord, whatever punishment you wish to award to these two innocent persons, or also to us, we shall accept it without duplicity. We understand that we have cursed to faultless persons. The Lord replied, O Brahmanas, know that the punishment you inflicted on them was originally ordained by me, and therefore they will fall to a birth in a demonic family. But they will be firmly united with me in thought through mental concentration, intensified by anger, and they will return to my presence shortly. Lord Brahman said, continuing narration. After seeing the Lord of Vaikuntha, the Supreme Person and Godhead, and the self-illuminated Vaikuntha planet, the sages left that transcendental abode. The sages circumambulated the Supreme Lord, offered their obeisances, and returned, extremely delighted at learning of the divine opulences of the Vaishnava. Then the Lord said to his attendants Chaya and Vichaya, Depart this place, but fear not. All glories unto you. Though I am capable of nullifying the Brahmana's curse, I would not do so. On the contrary, it has my approval. This departure from Vaikuntha was foretold by Lakshmi. She was very angry because when she left my abode and then returned, you stopped her at the gate while I was sleeping. Lord brahmana said, The Lord assured the two Vaikuntha inhabitants, By practicing the mystic yoga within anger, they will be cleansed of sin, of disobeying the brahmanas, and within a short time, return to the Lord. After thus speaking all this at the door of Vajkunta, the Lord returned to his abode, where there are many celestial airplanes and all-surpassing wealth and splendor. Those two door capers, though, the best of the demigods, their beauty and luster, diminished by the curse of the brahmanas, became auras, and fell from Fukunta, the abode of the Supreme Lord. Then, as Jaya and Vijaya fell from the Lord's abode, a great roar of disappointment arose from all the demigods who were sitting in their splendid airplanes. These two principal doorkeepers of Lord Vishnu have now entered the womb of Diti. The powerful semen of Kasyapi Muni have uncovered them. It is the prowess of these twin Asuras that has disturbed you, for it has minimized your power. There is no remedy within my power, however, for it is the Lord Himself who desires to do all this. My dear sons, the Lord is the controller of the three modes of nature and is responsible for the creation, preservation, and dissolution of the universe. His wonderful creative power, Yoga Maya, can be easily understood even by the masters of Yoga. That most ancient person, Lord Vishnu, will alone come to our rescue. What purpose can we serve on His behalf but deliberating on the subject? Thus ends chapter 16. Um, I thought it was very interesting. Here's the sages in this humble moment, and they're actually li- literally asking um, for not the protection of themselves, but for the protection of the highest of the twice-born. And their fellows on earth. I thought that was very nice of them. They were asking... I thought that was very profound that their realization of the lord comes through as asking for protection for others before themselves and even willing to say hey you can punish us too i thought that was that was very very good uh that that was an interesting little shock to read um what was something else that may have come to my mind i i just this was very interesting This is a very interesting little story of the Lord tying into the pregnancy by Ditti, which we had already discovered um, in an earlier chapter, um, 14. So if you have any thoughts, if you have any comments, uh, I'd be interested in hearing them. And please, down below, anything at all. Uh, Oh, there was one thing here. There's two things, actually. I knew there was something else. Bees. They say at one point he is the king of the bees. Uh, Here it is. Verse 20. There's a lot of bees mentioned. I noticed, I think it was in this chapter in the last one, bees are in heaven a lot. Now, of course, now when I think of bees, and I'm making this video in 2022, though it won't go live till next year, Um, we're in a state where you're often hearing about save the bees. Save the bees, the bees are dying, whatever. And so, of course, my thought goes to our environmental concerns. But there's something else here that I am not aware of. There's a symbolism here that I'm quite not getting. If anyone happens to want to Google that for my sake, but also the sake of those watching this video, that would be really cool. Also, I find it kind of funny that in heaven they have airplanes. Um... That's it? They don't have cars? I guess if you have little your own little airplane, I guess you probably don't need a car. But it's really interesting this, in heaven, there's a kingdom and there's doorkeepers and then there's airplanes. Uh, I mean, I it just feels like that's all they've got for technology, she? I mean, or that's like the thing that keeps getting mentioned, like, oh, it's really special, they have airplanes. I don't know, I'm sorry, I keep... It just sounds like if I'm going to the World's Fair of, you know, 1890 or something, or whatever the one that Viva Cananda spoke at, it's like, in the future, you have airplanes. It just feels a little yeah, weird to me that it's just an interpretation thing that feels, it feels more human than it does godly. Uh, if you understand what I'm saying, it's sort of like heaven is being painted As H.G. Wells or Jules Verne would paint the future, it doesn't really feel like, oh, the future is, you know, it's like, it's kind of like what we, I don't know. It it just feels very wobbly. And I've read a lot of Jules Verne, I've read H.G. Wells, I've read these old science books, science fiction books, I really like them. And the way, and if you read science fiction before 1966, or about that time when when we were walking on the moon, it's very, not 1966, but Basically, if you if you read early stuff before we discovered that you can't walk on the moon, you can do anything. And there was a lot of predictions. And this just kind of feels like that. It's just funny. I, it's not coming across right. It could be a translation thing. And the word airplane, I, I think, is a questionable translation anyways. And there is one other questionable translation here. Verse 19, it says, mystics and transcendentalists. The word mystic, in this year, means something totally different than what I think is meant here. Um, mystic... Well, I think of Christian mysticism. I studied a lot of Christian mysticism in school. And I, I think... that's what I think of, like... Um, St. Francis of Assisi, St. John of the Cross, that's what I think when I think mysticism. I don't know if that's what's meant here. Maybe, probably. Then the word transcendentalist in English—that's a word that I, I struggle with too because when I think transcendentalist, I think Emerson, Thoreau, that whole scene, you know, the, the Walden Woods, you know, or whatever. Um, it's the only one I can think of right now because I've been in the—I've been in Mount Katahdin, where what was it Thoreau went. Um, I've, I've stood and looked at it, and and I've been where he stood, and. I think those are the transcendentalists for me, it's something in every American, wow, well, when I went to school, we studied in high school, and we all enjoyed it, it was like, this is so cool, and then they would say, next month, we're reading Moby Dick, and life just crashed into a bowl of misery, that's <laughs> a hard book, um, and I had a hard teacher, but that's what I think of when I think transcendentalists. And yes, I understand Emerson had read the Bhagavad Gita, though he didn't really understand it, but I don't think that's what's meant here. I think Transcendentalist is supposed to mean something different, but in our vocabulary, I just don't. I don't... I don't get the definition. We don't really use the word that much. Anyways, my kitty is is whispering to me something. Um, But your thoughts, your comments, I often bring up translation issues here. I think it's a very important thing. because it's like a little wall to understanding. But that's just me. It's a minor issue. Believe it or not. Could have other ones. <laughs> but anything you have to say, please chime in. And we will pick up chapter 17 in the next video. So thanks for hanging with me. Hari Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare.